This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Bitsbox, an engaging monthly subscription for kids that helps teach them how to code in a super fun way. Visit bitsbox.com slash cool mom and save 20% on any Bitsbox subscription using the code cool mom. Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm Liz Gumbiner, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And on today's episode of Spawned, we're talking about why we can't talk about the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> and other things that change when you become a parent. And of course, we'll end with our own cool picks of the week. Yes. But before we get started, we just want to make a little note to our listeners about politics. <laughs> yes. Or values as we are going to start calling them. Yeah, we've had some feedback, and we always love feedback, and especially from people who don't always agree with us. It makes the world more interesting. So we've had some feedback on our site and on our Facebook page and even on iTunes that some people say they love our podcast, but they don't follow us for our politics. Wrong. So what do we have to say about that? <laughs> well, we have lots to say about that, but in short, we're the ones with the microphone. Here's the thing. I mean, just like we said in our last episode about Meryl Streep, which you probably didn't hear if you don't follow us for our politics, is that fewer people should not be speaking up about what's going on in the world. More people should be speaking up. Everyone has the right to speak about the things they care about in the world. And every parent has the right to speak about the things that affect their families. And that's our job here as parents, is to talk about parents and parenting culture. And nothing is going to affect parenting more than laws that change, a new administration, different values that come out, a different news cycle. And so, of course, we're going to talk about these things sometimes because, first of all, they reflect our values, dignity and caring for one another and making sure our kids have health care and aren't sick and that we can all be as productive and successful as possible in this world. And also because when the administration changes, things change for families. And so when we see fit, we will talk about policies or we'll just talk about things like cyberbullying or dignity or how do we talk to our kids about people that have different political beliefs than they do because this is coming up even at very young ages in school. So no, this is not going to be a political podcast, but yes, we will always share the things that are on our mind and that's happening in the world that we think parents want to talk about. And hey, if there's an episode not for you, skip it. There'll be another one. Yeah. And you know what? You put something so lovely up on our Facebook page. So Thank if you. people just want to read more about what we stand for, what we've always stood for. In fact, really nothing has changed. Listeners, you guys might not know us. I mean, we've been around for, well, I'm 40. So I've been around for 40 years but <laughs> on the internet for about 10. And so if you go to facebook.com slash coolmompics, we have it pinned to the top of our page. You can read that. And actually, it's a great way to get to know us a little more if you've only known us from the podcast. I think that's a great idea. So anyway, let's just jump right into our totally non-political episode. We wanted to talk about the Oscars, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I suggested it to you, and what was funny is I actually put a post up on our Facebook page that had a list of all the Oscar nominations, and you know what the update that I wrote, Liz, was, oh, look, a handy list of all the movies that I haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking right now at the Oscars page and all the Academy Award nominees, and you know I am super into pop culture. Yes, you are. I love movies. I love film. I love, you know, seeing as much as possible. But, oh, my God, I'm looking at this <laughs> list. I'm like, La La Land, haven't seen it. Arrival, haven't seen it. Lion, never heard of it. Hell or High Water, I don't know what that is. Well, no, I've, <laughs> I've heard of Lion, but I haven't seen oh, it. Lion. Haven't oh, wait, Lion's Arrival. the one with, uh, what's her name? 
Somebody famous. <laughs> oh, God. We sound terrible. And I used to be really up on pop culture, too. Okay. Hidden figures, I will say, I am dying to see. Number one, more than anything, we tried to see it at the new Alamo Draft House that opened in Brooklyn last week. Sold out. Well, that's great news. The one night our kids were away. Yeah, we can't even get tickets. So anyway, that's the next thing I'm going to go see. Moonlight, Hacksaw Ridge, Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> I have seen none of these. It sounds like you're reading like a crazy drink menu from like a hipster bar in Brooklyn, Liz. You're like, Manchester <laughs> by the Sea, Lion. Mm, that sounds tasty. Is that a drink? And then I look at the actors and I'm like, Ryan Gosling for something. Casey Affleck for a movie. <laughs> like, I don't even know what these people were in. It's terrible. This may be the worst for me ever, which is embarrassing because my kids are older and I can actually get out once in a while. But I have seen nothing. Yeah. Well, you know what? I know we're not alone on this. I mean, I haven't seen anything either. And I think there are so many other parents that can relate to this. And then it got me thinking, like, what else changes when you become a parent, right? Because <laughs> this is like so indicative of parenting right here is not knowing these movies or not, you know, not have seen them. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, wait. I did find one that I've seen. One. Because it came out earlier in the year and it's now streaming. Was it a kid's movie? <laughs> no, it was not. Although they could watch it. I saw the movie that Meryl Streep was nominated for. Oh, Florence Foster Jenkins yeah. or something? It's okay, really yeah. fun. It's really charming and wonderful. And you can go see that, parents, even if you can't get out of the house because I think it's on like Netflix or Amazon or something right now. Other than that, yeah. A lot has changed since we've become parents, including not knowing any Oscar movies except the animated features. <laughs> I highly recommend Kubo and the Two Strings. But you know what? I feel like so much else has changed, right? Like this is yeah. when we saw this and we were thinking, oh, let's talk about the Oscars. And then we were both like, well, we can't really talk about the Oscars. Well, can we, we can talk about I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. That's supposed to be good. But we can talk a lot about what's changed. So, you know, I'm curious. Talk a little bit about your daily routine, like what you do. I mean, just the hour that I have have to get myself out of bed and attempt to like raise my eyelids up to see is so different. But there's so much more right to like what you do every day. What about you? Like what was your Sunday like, Liz? I'm dying to know. Before kids. Before kids. <laughs> yeah. So I was living in the West Village in Manhattan Ooh. and I was single before I had kids. And I would wake up and kind of do whatever I wanted. It usually started with lighting a cigarette. <laughs> this was the 90s. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I just had my 15-year uh, yes. anniversary of not smoking, by the way. Wow. Pretty That's good. awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, I would wake up. And Sunday morning meant I would take a leisurely walk to go get the Sunday Times. I would sit in the local diner or coffee shop and order some waffles and bacon because I didn't gain as much weight back then. <laughs> I could do whatever I wanted. Uh, yes. And I would just sit for, like, hours and do the crossword puzzle. And then maybe I'd move to, like, another coffee shop or move back to my apartment or go sit in a park somewhere if it was nice out. And I would just do the puzzle pretty much all day. And then maybe I'd <laughs> meet up a friend, you know, later for brunch or have dinner or really go to a movie or every so often Sunday night was like dinner out night because it made it easier to ease into the work week. So a lot of going out to restaurants on Sunday nights, you know, it was like the kind of Carrie Bradshaw life. And now not so much. <laughs> How about you? What was your Sunday like? Well, I mean, I don't know if I remember back to what Sundays were like, because honestly, I think I did a lot of work. You know, I just kept working. You've had like, baby brain times four. So it's really hard to remember. Yeah, it is 
really hard to remember. But I think the one thing that stands out to me is that I was able to make my own decisions about what I wanted to do. And that to me has been the biggest change is that I am really not deciding like my kids' activities, school. I feel like I am being driven around by an Uber driver named my children's activities in life. (laughs) You know, that's what's happened. So when you were single, you're saying you didn't get up at six in the morning to go to hockey practice. Yeah, no. That would have been a little weird, by the way. Let's just say that. (laughs) Some random single lady showing up at kids' hockey practice. Uh, They probably would have kicked you out of the rink. Um, Hey, weird lady. But I I think that's been the biggest change with my routine. And I do have glimpses of it because, you know, when my kids are with their dad, honestly, even when they're with their dad, I still go to their games and some of their activities. Right. But even last weekend, we had nothing on Saturday. And I remember it was just like, what do I want to do? I just want to sit here and do nothing. Maybe I'll get up and go eat. Like, I was making the decisions. That's one of the small silver linings if you are divorced, separated, single, and happen to have a situation where your ex or partner or parents take your kids once in a while on the weekends. It is nice to have that little break when you get it. That's for sure. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're in a traditional marriage or relationship and there's two parents at home all the time, you probably don't get that time home alone very much. No, I agree. I agree. So for me, that's the biggest change. Like I said, I don't remember the specifics, but I do remember that I was in charge. So do you miss that? Or are there times you miss it more than others? I don't miss it so much as I know that I yearn for that because it's a break from everything else. I think everyone likes a break from their routine, right? Yeah. And so whether your routine is that or your routine is what we have now, I yearn just for a break. I think it just helps ease my mind a little bit. Um, I don't even want to say it makes me feel more human because that's not even true. I mean, I feel human and, and awesome when I'm with my kids. But I do feel it gives my brain a break. One thing that's changed, and I think this actually coincides sides for people like us that started having kids in the social media age. And it's kind of hard to separate the two is that before kids, I wasn't waking up and checking Twitter or checking Facebook or responding to emails. You know, I had fewer emails. I had less contacts with people through the digital world. And I really felt like my time was my own. Like I would wake up and think, hmm, what do I want to do today? And you had that kind of freedom of brain power, you know, to just like be. such a good point. I mean, like I'm just as you're talking, I'm imagining what it would be like if I didn't have my smartphone, you know, and I've been trying lately to really put it aside and just kind of maintain work hours. Yeah. But then think about it. Like if you don't have your phone, what were you doing? I mean, you had to turn on the TV to watch the news or you had to go get a newspaper to read about it. So gosh, I'm thinking right now, I'm like, wow, all the time. I used to love that routine of just getting up in the morning on Sundays and like going over to my local newsstand guy who knew me and getting the Sunday paper. And I always would check to make sure the magazine was in it. My dad taught me that because the Sunday Times once in a while is missing the magazine and you got to have the magazine if you're going to do the puzzle. <laughs> and that was like my routine every week. And I, yeah. Yeah, I miss that. Maybe I should try to get back to that again now that my kids are older. I think as your kids get older, sometimes you can regain a little bit of that. Do you feel that way or not? Yeah, yet? absolutely. I think overall it changes. And when we had younger kids, you remember talking to people with older kids and they were like, it doesn't get easier. It just is different. That's what they would always say to me. It's not easier. It's different. But I kind of think it's easier. <laughs> like, it's definitely <laughs> different, but I feel like it's easier. No diapers, no bottles or breastfeeding or any of that stuff. They need you in a different way. You know, My mom it's has different. always said that, you know, different parents enjoy parenting 
at different ages. Like some people just love babies and they just keep having babies because they love those babies. And then some people like love toddlers, like those early years when their teeny little hands are holding you and you cross the street and they fall down really easily. <laughs> like gravity just sucks them <laughs> to the ground. Like some people really like those phases. I happen to love having grade school age kids that I can do stuff with. Yeah. Like I think yeah, yeah. I'm a better parent actually and I can relate to my kids a little better when they can communicate back. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And boy, do they. So I, I'm actually enjoying this stage of parenting. But what do you think changed in your life in terms of sleep? Oh, God, please. I mean, I know we get less sleep. Here's the thing that I think a lot of people don't think about, right? Because you hear this all the time. Okay, yeah. you're not going to get as much sleep. We've heard it. We get it. But I think it's the quality of sleep that really changes. When I hear my kids like moan or groan in their sleep, I wake up and I was never like that. And I have to say, it's the quality that has changed. I mean, my kids are older now. Yeah. So really, it's not that I'm not getting enough. If I don't get enough, it's because I'm up binge watching, you know, <laughs> whatever show is on my list. <laughs> but now it's quality of sleep. And also, like, I don't know about you, but my kids are still coming in. They're like, hey, what's up? Can I pop in here at two in the morning and snuggle up because oh, I'm cold? Yeah. And I'm like, come yeah. on. <laughs> when we have all four girls together, my boyfriend's youngest, she still likes to come in at two in the morning, three, maybe five. <laughs> she likes to visit. <laughs> but it's like that wake up muscle kind of just snaps back into action. And I can just jump up at two in the morning and be there for her, do whatever it is I need to do. Because yes, I, I agree with like, you. It's like that muscle memory that you have yeah. or like yeah. riding a bike. I think waking up in the middle of the night is something you never lose once you're a parent. No, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I will say, though, that when my kids, there was one point in time when they were sick and one of them was like waking up every two hours, which is like a newborn schedule, right? And I was thinking, oh my God, how did I do this? How did I do this? It was just frustrating and exhausting. Exhausting. So at that point in time, there was no muscle memory. There was like <laughs> muscle angst. <laughs> well, I think it just becomes your new normal, right? Yeah, like your, your bar kind of gets lower. And I mean, I look back at the first six months of parenting and I realize I was functioning at like, you know, when you're playing a video game and your fuel is down to like 1%. Yes, that's a great, <laughs> great I was kind of living on analogy. that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would say we definitely gave up sleep. <laughs> and then how about like working on exercise? Did you exercise more, less? I've heard both sides. Because I know some parents say that they exercise more once they had kids because they feel like they want to live longer and be healthy for their kids. And some people are like, eh, can't find the time. Ugh, you know, I go in ways with this. I feel that I need to work out now more, even though I actually, I mean, I just started back. Is that like an age thing? It's an age. It's an age and a parenting, a parenting thing. thing. Like, I feel like I have a good reason to feel fit and be healthy because I want to be around for my kids. But at the same time, I just don't have as much time or motivation. I think I was much more motivated to work out an exercise before I had kids, mostly because I think I just had more time and it was kind of a social thing to do. And yes. now it's just really inconvenient. Yeah. You might like see a hot guy at the gym. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although where I was in the West Village, so it was all hot gay guys, but uh, it's still well, nice to look at. Yeah, that's true. What about you? I was amazing. I used to go to Crunch like five, six times a week. I would go to a trainer. You know what got me out of the habit? I was on modified bed rest for both of my pregnancies. Uh, and yeah. so I was not a allowed to exercise. And I've had, you know, the exercise sanctimonies be like, what? Well, you couldn't at least take a yoga class? No, I could not do anything. I got yelled at for walking my dog too long. Yeah. So that was very frustrated, probably partly why I was depressed during my pregnancies. Yeah. Well, but sure. it also completely 
got me out of the habit of going to the gym like four years mm-hmm. later. It was really yeah. hard to jump back in. And so I've tried and I just have not been able to stick to a routine. Partly, I think it's because I just feel so overwhelmed with like work and parenting and life and the juggle that I'm not prioritizing myself. And I know mm-hmm. we've talked about this before. Yes. So I've given up, I guess, that priority of myself in some ways. And I, I really need to get it back. And I feel like I've said that 400 times on this show. Damn it. <laughs> so I need to like finally just do it. But it's <laughs> been really hard. And you know what? I feel like I keep getting sick. I'm always like, okay, I'm going to start going to the gym. And then I get the flu or like I pull out my back or something happens. So it's almost like the universe is conspiring to keep me flabby. <laughs> no. I mean, for me, it's all about the routine, right? And I feel like I understand the value. Like I get it. Yeah. I, you know, and I think we both do, right? We know it's good for us. Yeah. We know it'll make our pants fit better. We oh, know. pants. But it's hard to really make that a priority when you're doing so many other things and when things feel so much more important. And especially when you don't see results right away. Like you go to the gym and I do feel better. You know, like I never regret going. And I think people can agree. Like you go to the gym or you exercise. When I'm done, I never regret going, but it's not a big enough feeling or change for me to like remember and keep doing it. So I, I kind of am trying to capitalize on that a little bit yeah. and try to remember that feeling of like, yeah, I feel powerful. I feel motivated when I leave. And I'm trying to remember that feeling as a way to get me to get doing it again. I'm inspired by the people who say that they feel that parenting has made them more committed to exercise. I need to be that person somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But look, uh, it's like we talked about in what, episode two or something about passing the hot Oh, I admit that part of working out was like not just how I felt, but how I looked. Oh, I'm with you. you. Know, I'm with and you. So, and you I know, just don't I give a shit that, anymore. <laughs> exactly. It's not like I want to look terrible. I think we look pretty good. Like we're, we you know, we're well preserved. Yeah. Isn't that what they say about women of a certain age? We're well preserved. Is Kristen. that what they say? God, that's totally like, Botox like free. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, like could, I could go down a couple pant sizes. <sighs> well, I mean, look, I'll be honest. I mean, I have gained probably like between 10 and 15 pounds like over the last year and a half. And I think mm-hmm. on the bright side, I've always had issues with food, right? So like my entire life, I've always been on this like extreme exercise or extreme diet kind of thing. And that's oh, just that a sucks. long history that I can't really talk to, you know, like it would take forever to talk about why. Mm-hmm. But I think so on the bright side, it's been great because honestly, I just eat when I'm hungry. I eat when I'm not hungry sometimes. I try to make good choices, but I'm not obsessing about it. So in in a way, it's really good for me. But on the downside, I've gained 10 or 15 pounds and also because I'm not exercising regularly. And I think part of it is because do all people get to this point at some point? I'd love to hear your opinion about it, where you realize that you want to look good and you want to feel great, but it's just not the highest thing on your list. And it used it to is. be it used to be the highest thing on my list. I'll be honest. I mean, it sounds vain, but it was. That's actually been around for decades because I remember my grandmother telling me, my grandmother, who was so awesome, and she died a few years back. But when I had my first baby, she said, don't you, I can't do the Philly accent that well. But she would say, <laughs> Elizabeth, don't you be one of those moms pushing your kid around in a stroller who looks amazing just to the nines and you're wearing sweatpants. Ah, or maybe yeah. she called them track suits. Yeah, probably. probably <laughs> and did. I remember her saying that to me. That was 12 years ago. And so my guess is that's been going on for ages. So I, I actually don't like generally leave the house in yoga pants and no makeup and my hair up in a bun because I do want to look at least like a member of the human race. But as far as just like overall, 
overall being the hottest person in the room, I passed that baton for sure. Well, and don't you think a little bit is like monetary too? I mean, for me, it's just, it's costs sure. a lot of money to like always have your hair done. You know, I like to go get my nails done because it's kind of a self-care thing. But I, like even fashion wise, like I've just been saving money for other things. Well, yeah. It's like, do I want new boots or do I want my kids to go to summer camp for a yeah. week? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, yes. I have to make those decisions. Like, right, right. okay, my kids want to take an extra theater class. What does that do to my wardrobe budget? Oh, it kills it completely. <laughs> so I'm really good at shopping my closet or finding like a new lipstick or a cheap pair of shoes on Rulala to help amp things up because I, I agree with you. Like financially, things change a lot and that changes your priorities because I want to give my kids opportunities and that means cutting back on me. And you know yeah. what? I'm okay with yeah, that. I am too. And I feel like you get to that point. I don't want to generalize. I hate generalizing. Maybe it's because we're both like insecure relationships and you know like I think that also kind of factors thank into God it. finally yes amen <laughs> I just don't feel that pressure it's a fine line to walk though right where you like all of a sudden are like eh screw it I don't care <laughs> I can wear sweatpants all the time I've got a man I don't want to get to that point but I also do feel like my priorities about being happy and being emotionally fulfilled have jumped above you know making sure that my roots are always perfectly done yes I feel like we all get to that point I, I just want to strike a balance because I don't want to look like I completely let myself go. And I think also that connects to your mood and your emotional state. I've said this before. When I used to be sick and I had to go to the office and go to work, I would always dress more nicely. Like I would wear heels and I would dress better instead of going in in sick clothes because I felt like it forced me to pull myself together Yes, and um, stick it out and get through the day. And if I was dressed like I was ready for bed, I would actually feel worse. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to pull yourself together and like at minimum, you know, like a little eyebrow shadow, a little mascara, like just something. So I feel like I am of this world, like I said. But that doesn't mean like I have to, you know, wear high heels to the PTA meetings either because that ain't happening. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that's not happening at all. <laughs> now, we actually differ on this one because I have become neater and cleaner yeah. since having kids. But you have not? What's, what's yours? Well, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about germs specifically. Okay. I was never really a germaphobe. But I do remember when I had a puppy before I had kids, like just not wanting to pick up the poop. It was like the grossest thing to me. Oh, it was God. So nasty. That changes for sure. Yeah, Good exactly. Luck, and so I kind of got, you know, you get more comfortable with like body fluids. Yes. And then it's like, all right, once I've had like every possible right. fluid on oh my me, God. known to man, I'm kind of like less squeamish about a lot of stuff in general. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. I've also seen that like germs are not going to kill my kids. It's not that I don't want them to have like clean dishes to eat off of. But I'm also like okay with the five second rule and I'm not completely freaked out about them having schmutz on their face. or Yeah, see, now I've gone the opposite way. Like, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily consider myself a germaphobe, mm -hmm. but I do, like, disinfect the toothbrushes, and I really try to have my kids wash their hands. I know. You freaked out that, like, I think at one point we had moved the toothbrush container, like, onto the back of the toilet, and you were like, oh, my God, you cannot put that there. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just rinse it under some cold water. It'll be fine. Well, and look, if you walked into my bathroom... It's not, like, pristine by any means. Like, four kids and we have one full bathroom. Yeah. And, and you've had that experience, too, when you guys have all the kids there. So you know how it goes. Yeah. But... 
I do, like, I'm neater mm-hmm. for sure since having children. Do I clean more? Yes. Like, I like things to be put away. I like the floors to be swept. Mm. And I was never, ever like that. I mean, if my dad was alive, I mean, he was calling me a slob, which that's a, that's a whole other show. <laughs> Dads who shame their daughters. But, I mean, I have <laughs> oh, always felt like a slob. Well, you know what? Actually, that changed for me with adulthood. Okay. I remember getting my first apartment after college and my father saying to to me, if you keep your home clean, you can always have unexpected guests over. Wink, wink. <laughs> and so I really took that to heart. Like, let's say you end up like meeting some nice, friendly fella. Yep. Or suddenly, like, you're with a bunch of girls hanging out, having dinner, and you're like, come over to my place. You don't want to be like, oh, you can't. My place is a disaster. I have laundry all over the floor. So I kind of grew up from that when I was out of my own. And actually, I found like I slipped back a bit when I had kids because I feel constantly overwhelmed by responsibilities. And sometimes I just, I, as I always say, I have to leave the dishes in the sink. Yeah, I have a hard time with that. Although, like my fiance, I hate that word, but anyway. No, I like how you say it with like a snotty French accent. Whoever, my boyfriend, my partner, he totally does the dishes. So I don't have to worry about that. So, <laughs> you know, I did make a joke last week on Twitter that cleaning our kids' diapers as babies was really practice for having to wipe down their iPhones later in life. <laughs> <laughs> that is so perfect. So parents of new kids just know the germ thing. It's not going to get better. Get used to it. <laughs> now, how has your like patience level change because I know for me and I mean look I wrote a blog called motherhood uncensored like I was super opinionated about everything you are very uncensored I will say I was really impatient and I wanted everything right here right now and wow that is like a total 180 I am really not like that at all anymore, to be honest no, with you. No, I, I, I completely agree. I was not a patient person. I was like a super type A advertising executive, and I was frustrated with people all the time and constantly like stressed out. And even though there's stress in my life, it's just different. I've really learned patience from having kids. I mean, I can be like a lot more calm. I've learned to think more before I speak. I've learned to ask questions instead of throwing answers back at people if I need more information. Like I've gotten much better at dialogue. Yeah. And more patient in general with people, with weights, with lines. I don't know. It's gotten easier for me. And maybe it's because, you know, kids just force you to have to live like that. This, to me, is the one that's most pervasive, like, across the board, like, in my life. Mm -hmm. It's not just when it comes to, like, being with my kids. It's overall. I feel like I have much more tolerance. I have the ability to, like, wait and sit back and listen to a couple opinions before I jump in. Like, there was no way that was happening before I had kids. And, And I'm glad for it. I think it's made me a better person. It's made me easier to be around. I mean, I think it's made me a better parent. That's good. So. Patience helps make you a better parent. It's not like we can do it all the time. We all lose our tempers. Yes. We all get impatient from time to time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But if I look back at who I was before, I'm not the person that goes to the elevator button anymore. That's <laughs> a great example. It. Now I'm the person that holds the elevator open at all times yeah, until yeah. every person is in. And I will totally give the stink eye to the person who's trying to close it on somebody else. <laughs> Because I realize it's only four seconds of your life. Oh, how the times have changed. So I think patience also kind of leads to kindness. Yes. And so I've definitely grown in that sense as a parent, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's talk about the one thing that I think most parents give up, 
once they become parents? Privacy. Yeah. Yeah, you have none. <laughs> How has that changed for you? Oh, God. Do you, do you have less? Are you okay with having less? Do you just pee with the bathroom door open now? Like, where, where are you on privacy? What's hard is that when kids are little, you always have the door open, right? But then as you get older, it's a little more awkward. You know, you kind of want to have your own privacy. And you also want to be able to teach them that it's okay for them to have their privacy, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's changed, especially for me with having four kids around all the time. It's really hard to find those quiet moments. And I think I value it so much more. It just wasn't a thing so much before because I, I think I always had it. You know, I always had the ability to find private time and to have my own privacy. And now it's just so hard to get yeah. that I just, I really value it more. And I kind of like that because I'm really teaching my kids about it too. Just in terms of like, it's okay to like go to your room and close your door. Or it's okay to say, you know what, I just need to be alone right now. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I think are important for them to have. And a lot of times they're not taught, you know? You know, I, you kind of get in this habit where you're like, I always have to be available for the kids 24-7. And I always have my door open. We're always doing everything together. And the truth is, my kids are almost 10, almost 12 now. And I've realized it's okay on a Friday night if they want to sit and watch some awful TV show that I don't want to see. And my boyfriend and I can go into the bedroom and watch something on Netflix. So that gives me some privacy and some alone time that I kind of forget that I can take. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. you know, I, I do spend a lot of time with my kids, you know, when they're not in school and at night and on weekends. And so I don't feel guilty about that. And I really like that I'm at that phase where I can reclaim some alone time and not feel like I have to be hovering around my kids or sitting with them every minute of the day. Yeah. And for our listeners who have little kids or babies or are pregnant, it happens. It, you get to that point and it's lovely. It's an amazing milestone, really. It is, truly. <laughs> it's true. Well, our friend Beth Feldman wrote a book a long time ago called Peeing in Peace that was like a humorous book about motherhood and the complete lack of privacy that you have. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is pretty common. But, you know, here's another thing, and I think this kind of goes into the idea of patience okay. as well, is that I became a much less selfish person yeah. when I had kids. Yeah. And I always see these kind of debates, these like stupid link bait mommy wars articles, which I hate, by the way, that say, you know, if you don't have kids, you're selfish. Or if you do have kids, you're selfish. And I think that's all crap. Like that makes me crazy. I think every person has the right to not have children if they don't want. It's not that not having kids means you're selfish, but I feel like it forced me to kind of as we were talking in the beginning, redirect my energy towards someone else. And I remember a friend, like a coworker who had kids before I did, long before I ever thought about having kids. And he said to me, you know, there's something special about waking up every morning for something that's bigger than you. Hmm. And that always stayed with me. And I couldn't totally grasp it until I had kids. It's not like you've given up your life and you're completely living for your kids, but you have something bigger than you and you have a new generation to raise and good values you want to put into the world through your kids. And I really take that to heart. So I live a lot of my life now thinking, like, how will this impact my kids? How will this impact somebody else? And before I had kids, I didn't really have to think that way. It was kind of like, what shoes do I want to buy today? Yeah. I mean, for me, I really lived a very selfless existence. And some of it was really unhealthy, Mm. honestly. And I think it got worse when I had kids. And so there was a point in time, I mean, I wrote a post on Motherhood Uncensored ages ago called The Sacrificial Mother. And I, I mean, my mom was really like that. She just gave up every single thing about her for her kids. Mm. And there was a point where I felt that way. And I wish that I had been more selfish, honestly. And I struggle with that even now. 
And I don't know. I'd love to hear from listeners if you feel like that. And I know it kind of lends itself to self-care and and that kind of thing. And it's not exactly the same thing. Yeah, I think there's two kind of issues that like overlap a little they bit. They do which overlap. Is living for your kids. Yes. Yeah. And living knowing that your kids have to be a priority or that you have goals that are not just about what you personally want to do in the world. I agree. I mean, I do wish I just had a little bit of that selfishness, though. I'll be honest with you. Just a little tiny tinge of it because I'm so crappy at taking care of myself. I really am. It's just I do a really shitty job. I'm great at taking care of other people. And I think I'm not the only one who has that (laughs) problem. Yeah. So I kind of wish I was a little more selfish, but it's not the worst thing in the world, right? There are, are way worse things that you could have a problem with. Oh, I take care of other people too well. Wah, wah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like humble brag. Right, right. Oh, I'm just so giving. I'm so giving. <laughs> I'm so nice to everyone else. No, but oh. I remember literally as a joke, sarcastically, like saying as a 20 something when I was younger, like, ah, I wouldn't want to have kids. Like then I'd have to buy diapers instead of shoes. Ah. Like that was literally, I was like one of those people. Yeah. And then, you know, here's the thing. It's not so bad not buying shoes all the time. May that be the worst thing that happens to you in life. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> So let's talk about money, oh, speaking God. of that. Come on. <laughs> what you spend your money on completely changes when you have kids, right? Well, yeah. I mean, 100%. First of all, much of what I spend, if not all, is like on stuff for my kids. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> do I buy this for hockey or do I buy this for field hockey? It's, that's that's a decision I'm making. It's not like, ooh, I get something for myself. But I do feel like there's a lot more in terms of planning for the future. Yeah. And I think that has changed a lot as well. Well, actually, I get nervous about money because I realize college is coming up way faster than I expected. Uh, yeah. And my IRA is way smaller than I expected at yes. this point. Yeah. Actually, next week, we're speaking to Beth Koblenner of Make Your Kid a Money Genius. She's a best-selling New York Times author. I can't wait to have her on the I know. Show. I can't wait to talk to her, too. Yeah. And by the way, listeners, if you guys have questions about kids and money and budgeting as a parent, definitely email us at spawned at coolmompics.com. We'd love to hear your questions, and we can ask her next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about you, though, in terms of money? Are you the same way? Because we were different. Like, you were, like, a high-powered ad executive, my friend. Like, me, I was, like, a lowly college professor. I mean, my apartment when I lived in Mississippi, are you ready for this? Yeah. It was $200 a month for rent. Oh, my God. For a three-bedroom apartment. I I think in college, like, (laughs) a billion years ago in Boston, my boyfriend and I had, like, a studio with Alcove for $570 a month. That was, like, super cheap. Yeah, no, no. It was insane. So, I mean, I didn't have a lot of expendable income before. Honestly, you know, I worked as a music therapist, and then I worked as a college professor, so I didn't have a ton of expendable income. But, like, for you, right, your work environment kind of lent itself to, like, being in style and having fashion. Oh, God, if you weren't in, like, Prada shoes, then you just didn't fit in at the meeting. I mean, it was really like that. I know it sounds like a horrible stereotype. And for people that don't live in New York and LA, it's probably hard to conceive of an office full of people with Prada shoes, but that's how it is in certain industries. It feels like another lifetime, that's for sure. Yeah. I still have my 15-year-old Prada shoes somewhere (laughs) that are out of style that I will give up never. Yes, never. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, your budget just changes completely. You have more mouths to feed. (laughs) I think my dad said to me, you know, you always think that things will get better. Like next year, they'll be older and out of diapers and I'll have more money. Or like, oh, they'll finally be out of private pre-K and they'll go to kindergarten and I'll have more money. Or, oh, we don't need a babysitter anymore. They can go to the after-school program at school and we'll have more money. But nope, that's a lie. You are lying to yourself. <laughs> because every single stage there's like something else. There's so yeah, you gave up else. the sitter, but now you have to buy all the hockey equipment. Yep. You gave up the diapers, but now they start outgrowing their clothes like every four months. My daughter has a habit of outgrowing her summer shoes like July 30th 
every single year oh and I have gosh. to get new ones. So yeah, I mean, I think budgeting just changes completely and how we spend money. And also one thing that's changed is now I realize that how I spend money and budget is influencing my children. Like they see how we talk about money and what we spend on. Yeah. So I think that's another thing is it's not just about me. I don't want them to think like, oh, we can just go get expensive things all the time, which obviously we can't. But I, I want them to understand that, you know, we make sacrifices and that we pick if we pick this kind of camp. We're being watched. Exactly. <laughs> you pick this kind it's of true. camp, then maybe you can't do this other kind of camp. Yeah. Or if you guys want to go to this Broadway show, that's great. But then that's the Christmas present for the year. So I realize that I'm also setting an example. So I think that's an interesting way that parenting has changed my mind regarding money. Look, all of these changes I think are wonderful. Like I don't have any regrets, honestly, about any of them. Yeah, even the not working out and the having to wear pants with elastic waistbands. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even mind having people walk in and brush their teeth while I'm peeing. Like I don't even I don't even mind as that. As long as they don't put the toothbrush on the toilet. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> but one of the big things that I think is such an awesome change is that there is this instant connection or this kind of kindred spirit, if you will, when it comes to meeting other parents and seeing other parents, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we're in a club now. Yeah. Actually, that's one of the best, most exciting things I think about becoming a parent is that you join this amazing, at its best, very supportive club that you never really knew existed. It's true. And that's why we now look sympathetically at the woman on the airplane with the crying baby. And that's why now we hold the door open extra long for the woman trying to get the double stroller up the stairs and through the door. You smile at the pregnant woman walking past you on the sidewalk and you think, oh, poor her. <laughs> especially in the summer like you're just part of this network this club that you will always be part of forever and I actually love that like even in business I have to say there are times that I'll be meeting a new client and they'll say something about like sorry I'm late I just dropped off my sixth grader and I'll say oh I have a sixth grader and you have an instant connection with people over parenting yeah I um, agree and so I actually really like that. I didn't know it was there. I didn't miss it before I had it. But now I really love it. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And, you know, I would love to hear from other people about what you guys feel like has changed since you've had kids. It's not just that you don't know the Oscar movies. There's so many other things. <laughs> I'm determined to see them before the Oscars. So maybe we can actually have a conversation about them. Well, you know what? Here's a good reason to go to the gym is that, you know, at my gym, by the way, they have Netflix mm -hmm. and YouTube built into the machines. What? So there's like not even an excuse. Oh my God. I haven't been for so long. I think I'm expecting there to be like exercycles. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> like no. from the you 80s. Need to go. You could catch up on all your movies. It's, you'll knock two of these birds with one stone, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at spawned at coolmompics.com. We always love getting your emails, which I'm not calling letters anymore, Yay. Kristen. Do you Aww, notice? I know. You can it's find okay. us on Twitter at coolmompics using the hashtag spawned show. Find us on Facebook at coolmompics or any social media site you prefer. We are there. All right. We are going to talk about our cool picks of the week after this. So Liz, we have heard so many awesome things from our readers about our sponsor Bitsbox. A lot of people got it over the holidays and they've yeah. been using it. Did you see some of those comments? Yes. I mean, look, we live for our site to help share really cool things with parents that they love. And it's so nice to be able to share these guys and hear so much great feedback. Yeah. So if you haven't heard about them, they're a subscription box and website. They actually teach kids how to code you know, when you get this box in the mail, they come with these super cards that have mm -hmm. 
apps that kids can go onto their website and actually code themselves, and they really do work on pretty much any phone or tablet. And I love that it's actually JavaScript, yes. but basically an easier version to get kids started. So it's real coding. It's not just like a, you know introduction like some of the games are. And I think the best part is kids really get to make their own apps and see their results because nothing is more empowering and exciting than for a kid to type in some code and then see the result of what their work did. Yeah, and so you can get one box, you can order a subscription. I mean, it's, it's birthday party season. I mean, isn't it pretty much always birthday party season? <laughs> Every like damn day. Every day someone's got a birthday. <laughs> so you know what? It's a really, really great birthday gift idea. And you know what? If you head over to bitsbox.com, slash cool mom and you use the code cool mom you can save 20% off of any bitsbox subscription all right well now it's time for cool picks of the week cool picks of the week all right liz i'm going to go first on this because Great. it won't take long and it's really freaky oh. and everyone should know about it so it's really freaky <laughs> it's freaky did you okay. go on the site did you go on family tree now <gasps> Yes, I did. Okay, okay. So, I was so glad you wrote about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So we put this up on Cool Mom Tech. If you go over to coolmomtech.com and you look for Family Tree Now, it will help you get all your information off of this site. Basically, what they do is they aggregate like all of your addresses that you've ever had in your entire life, any relatives and any possible associates, and they put it all on one very scary page. And so what you will want to do is go to this website, search for your name, and get yourself off of it. We've got directions on Cool Mom Picks about how to opt out. And trust me, you are going to want to do it. Because Liz, did you see like on mine, it had like my college address from 1994. Mine too. It had like phone numbers, addresses, and my whole family. And it's really easy to opt out, by the way. Yeah. And I know there's going to be a zillion sites like this every time one goes down, another comes up, but it can't hurt to try to stay on top of it because why make it easier for people to find out your personal information than they have to? I know. And a couple people on Facebook were like, well, it's just public info. And I'm like, yes, but it's all your public info in one place for people to find it. Yeah. No, if people want my public info, they have to work for it. They're going to have to work for it. Anyway, so yes, go over to Cool Mom Tech. We'll link it up on our podcast page so that you can find it. We've got simple instructions about how to opt out. It's really easy to do. All right, Liz, what do you got? Okay, well, here's something you can opt in for. My cool pick this week is the National Park Service. Uh So I know we said we're not going to get super political, but you know, you guys might have known there was like a little dust up this week in which the (laughs) government seems to have imposed what's hopefully a temporary, but not sure, gag order on lots of organizations that help protect us, like the USDA and the NIH and more, including the National Park Services. And they're not supposed to be tweeting anything or promoting anything or writing any blog posts or sharing any information about things that could affect policy, like the fact that there's a lot of carbon monoxide in the environment now. Mm -hmm. And in fact, one of the national parks, Badlands, was tweeting about it. And suddenly... All those tweets were taken down. So anyway, we wanted to do something to help support the National Park Service because they are an amazing organization. Yeah. And we've written about them in the past. So when I went onto their site, guess what I found out? They've still got this incredible initiative called Every Kid in a Park. I think it launched last year, but it's still going. Oh, that's awesome. And what it means is if you've got a fourth grader, which I happen to have, then you can get completely free access to tons of national parks around the country with your kid. I love that they do that. 
that. What a great motivation. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it is So cool. we have all the information on coolmompics.com or you can visit nps.org. And the amazing thing is national parks are not just Yosemite and Arches and Acadia. You know, there are certain ones we always think about. But there's so many others. Like I wrote a post about a year ago about all the National Park Service parks and monuments in New York City. Do you know there's 17 right in New York City? No, I had no idea. I mean, the one yes. I know of is like uh, Alexander Hamilton's The Grange. Yes, The I mean, Grange National Monument. Because, of course, we're Hamilton fans. But I didn't realize there were that many. There's like the Lower East Side Tenement Museum. There's wow. Ellis Island and Liberty Island. There's Governor's Island. There's Grant's Tomb. I mean, there's so much cool stuff if you're in New York with me. There's a lot of things like right here or within driving distance. But really, there's like hundreds and hundreds of national parks all over the country. So anyway, check our site. Find out how you can potentially go free with your family and see how else to help support the national parks because I think, you know, introducing your kids to nature, especially for those of us in the city, can help raise a generation of kids that do good things for the planet. Awesome. And we'll link everything up over on coolmompics.com on our podcast page like we do every week. So if you are catching up on episodes or you're trying to find something from a couple episodes ago, head over to those pages and you'll find everything that you have been looking for. Well, this was a really good episode. It was so fun to talk about this. Yes, and huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. And thank you, listeners, for all your emails, your tweets, and your comments. Even ones that disagree with us, we always love hearing from you. We are thick-skinned. We can handle it. Yes. (laughs) And you know what? Considering how much we love hearing from you, please leave us a review on iTunes and make sure to subscribe and you can do it right now on your phone. Just click subscribe. And that means that all our episodes, whenever we load them up, will pop right onto your phone. And so you'll never, ever miss them. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. You're good. You're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. Oh, pants. Sorry, I haven't eaten yet today. (laughs) But you're doing just fine. (laughs) Okay.